You're tuning into Hustle Honey, a babecast where we strongly believe that filters should be saved for Snapchat and not this pod. No topics are off limits and flexing on your exes is highly encouraged. We're talking life experiences, ex traumas, and yes, even ex lovers. Where your ex didn't hit the spot. Don't worry, babe. We've been there, done that, and we've got you covered. Now Now let's let's hustle, hustle, honey. honey. What's up, honeybees? Welcome back to an episode of Hustle Honey. Please go ahead and raise a toast for bigger checks, better sex, and always being hotter than your ex. Fuck yes, motherfuckers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Brace yourself, honeybees. We're going deep down into toxic masculinity podcasts. I can't tell you how much I'm not really looking forward to this. I'm, I am, but I'm totally not. I mean, to be fair, oh, with fuck. listening to the clips a little earlier with you, I am just full of rage that it's just <laughs> I want to roast all of these men and show them that they know nothing of what they're talking about. Nothing. And I'm just going to laugh out of frustration because that's how I deal with anger. I just laugh and I go, these fucking idiots. But anyway, yes, there's definitely a bro culture, an alpha culture in podcasting that has only recently, I feel like, really gained the attention they deserve and not the good kind of like, oh, finally, a podcast I can vibe with, you know, but more or less like, and this is what's wrong with you. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I know we've already kind of said we're not gonna we're not here to expose anybody on experiences or anything like that so we're not gonna name the podcast and we hope that you guys if you recognize them please don't put them in our comments because we don't want to give them clout we're actually here to educate them if they ever hear about this (laughs) and educate anyone who listens to that type of podcast amen to that yes Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely need to educate and just bring awareness to the toxic narrative that is around masculinity and how hurt and fragile it actually can become. And do you think that's like taught or like how is this actually brought mm-hmm. upon people our age, people who are younger than us? I mean, we know older people kind of have the education brought down from the generations with women's rights yeah like my dad's generation he's 80 Mm -hmm. so he was very much brought up in the time where men and women had specific roles and I think that is something that still exists a little bit in the back of his mind but what's interesting is that he married my mom who's a very free-spirited person and she'll travel by herself she has has a successful career on her own and by no means matches the standards of what he was brought up with so I think that it's something that can definitely be taught but also something that becomes a choice later on in your partnerships once you grow up basically Absolutely. okay yeah but it's hard to kind of change your mindset on something that feels really natural to you if you only know one way and your whole life was brought up under a roof with a mom who was a homemaker and a dad who was the provider 
that's something that you're probably going to be interested in finding yourself most likely when you get older and start wanting to date and get married and such. I can I can see that. I can definitely see something within that aspect. I also grew up in a household where both of my parents worked. So it wasn't one stayed home and the other went to work and was the bread maker. So they both had the responsibility of making sure that they came home, bringing in money to bring up to pay the bills or to just help out around the house. Well, let's actually talk about that really quick. I know that's not really the full scope of what we're trying to talk about here, but the economy has changed now to where you need two incomes, most likely all the time coming into your home environments. Right. The economy is not favorable for a single family income. You have to have two people providing and more of an equal partnership. If not more than that anymore. Yeah. So I think that times have changed, the economy's changed, and with that has become higher demands for people to act on more of an equal basis. So with that being said, with the economy in mind, the podcasts that we were listening to didn't actually have a lot to do with money. No. It was more just about submission and who's in control of what in the relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. So how was that brought upon from like an economical standpoint to a submission standpoint? Well, when you think back to the times where you could survive on a single family home, I'm sure it was kind of a power point to be like, well, I bring in the money for the house. Money is power. So I make the decisions. This is the house that I have bought for us. These are the cars that I bought for us. This is the food on our table that I provide for us, right? It's a lot of this is what I do. Me, me, me. I own this. Therefore, I own you. And also think about how women did not have options to just get up and leave whenever they wanted to because they didn't have the means to just leave an abusive relationship or even a marriage that they just weren't happy. And even if it wasn't abusive, because they were financially stuck with that person because that was the power, the chokehold on another person's freedom. Are we thinking that because women are becoming more independent and more financially independent, along with getting their full-time jobs and such, are we actually scaring men to behave like this because they don't have the, the control that their grandparents or their fathers had back in the day? I think there is a certain amount of intimidation. And I think the more powerful the woman the more meek the man. I think that he becomes a lot more intimidated. I think that he starts to think, oh, I need to make myself look bigger and better and badder and to gain control. Now, I'm not saying that's every guy at all because that would be toxic as fuck for me to say that. But I am saying that in this specific context with the way that these particular men are acting in their podcast, it wouldn't shock me if they're acting this way because they don't feel in control and perhaps this is threatening their masculinity or making them feel emasculated. Okay, perfect. So why don't we go ahead and get into some of these podcasts and let our honeybees decide. (sighs) Joy. (laughs) Never been more excited in my life to listen to these twats. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Amanda, don't spit out your drink. <laughs> okay, we're good. Go ahead and find the clip. <laughs> okay. And, and me and Fresh have openly told you guys, 
y'all should not get married. Real talk. Like, I, unless you intend to have children, you should not get married. And yeah, we talked know. about this yesterday that as a man, you're, if, if you marry a hoe and she cheats on you, that's your fucking fault. There's just so many things <laughs> that I can say right now. And I have my fake smile on, so I sound happy. You have your customer service oh, smile. I totally on. have that customer service smile going right now. Mm, perfect. Yeah. Break it down, girl. Okay, so fuck you. That's all I have to say to that. So the marriage, let's start with the first thing. Getting married only if you are intending to have children. That is not what marriage is about. You can look up the pagan ritual where it came from. It's about committing yourself to another person for eternal love. That's what the ring stands for in your wedding rings. It's to celebrate your love. It's to commit to the one person for life. Children are just the benefit, if you will, the benefit of having a marriage mm -hmm. and anymore people aren't having to get married before they have kids no actually the rate of marriage has gone down significantly and also so has the rate of having children yeah but you definitely don't need to be with someone in a marriage contractual agreement to have children that is uh, that is absolutely not the point of a marriage it's it's all about the companionship mm -hmm. it's about having someone who has your six through thick and thin someone who uh, can stand in for you if heaven forbid something were to happen to you medically and you need to make a big decision on how to proceed forward they can take on that role of someone who can give you what you would prefer in a life or death situation. Exactly. It's the support emotionally, mentally, spiritually, yes, physically, and also financially. There has to be a balance here and a teamwork here. And that's what a marriage is. It is saying, I love you so much. I want you to be my teammate for life. Not, I want you to be my human incubator for life. Right. So let's go on to the hope potion portion the, <laughs> the hope potion can i get some of that <laughs> no make me a magical hoe please <laughs> let's get on to the hoe portion damn not as fun <laughs> <laughs> keep it if you want <laughs> okay so he straight up says that if she cheats that was your fault for essentially marrying a hoe but notice how he doesn't say if i cheat that's her fault for marrying a dick yeah or a dippy yeah, um, it's really, really fascinating. I really want to just donate his brain to science and be like someone figure, figure out this logic. Please. I would not curse somebody with that headache. <laughs> Can I just give it to my worst enemy? <laughs> I mean, I'm cursed with this headache for the next like four hours after listening to this guy. Facts. Okay, let me put it this way. He has a fair point and he doesn't at the same time. I'm going to be really equal on this because it's not cool to call someone a hoe. Okay, no. it's not. I mean, I'll call Amanda a hoe, but that's because I love her and I have that right. You don't have that right. <laughs> right. Well, and you do it with like a warm, fuzzy tone to yeah. it, not this, if you marry a hoe, <laughs> you, that's your fault. <laughs> I'm just like, hi, hoe. <laughs> yeah, you're like nice and fuzzy. You're not aggressive towards no. me. <laughs> I could, though. Um, if that makes you feel better. I mean, I might. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> if you are with someone and they have displayed unloyal traits very early on and this isn't a one-time hiccup but if this is a, a pattern a historical pattern where they have a tendency to have a wandering eye or they 
haven't been loyal to previous boyfriends or perhaps you got into a relationship with them by them cheating on their boyfriend with you mm-hmm. and this is a pattern because this happens yeah i know people personally boys and girls yes i know people personally who are in relationships with people who they cheated on their boyfriend or girlfriend with to be with them and i'm like you have to kind of in in my mind expect them to repeat that with you how you get someone is also how you're going to lose them that is something that I hold value to myself. You know, that actually brings me to think of this couple that just broke up in Hollywood. Um, it was a director named Emmett Randall and his fiance, Lala Kent. He ended up cheating on his former wife with Lala. Mm-hmm. It came out recently this past year that he was cheating on Lala with another girl. And so she left him and she's like, I can't believe that he made me feel safe enough to bring a child into this world because she had a baby with him during quarantine. The main head honcho, Lisa Vanderpump, just said the same exact thing. Sometimes you get them and you lose them the same way. Yeah. And it's the it's the perfect point of that. I've gone through the same exact thing. A guy had a wandering eye. Mm -hmm. And then when I started dating him, he had a wandering eye on me and the cycle continued. And for my, what I know about this guy still, it's still continuing. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. How people show you who they are is what you should believe them to be. Like if someone shows you these patterns, believe that that's who they are and how they're going to treat you. I don't care how great it is in the beginning. It's how it will last that matters, yeah. not how it is in the beginning. Right. So... To that degree, yeah, I agree. And I'm going to say ho here, even though I know he meant it female specific, to be either gender. But if you're with someone who has that, then you did kind of make the decision to marry someone with those patterns and accept that, the potential that it could happen to you. Right. You accept that potential. Whether or not it happens, that is what you're agreeing to. However, why are we victim blaming Why are we like full on saying, no, I know I just said like if they have a pattern, then that's on you for agreeing to deal with someone who could put you in the same predicament. But let's say that they don't have those patterns and you do marry someone and they do cheat on you. Or you never knew about those patterns. Exactly. Like they're really good at hiding it because so many people are really great at hiding things. We talked about it in the OK Cupid You Can Chill episode where people will go on to like Ashley Madison. Mm hmm. And find another woman on the side and they have full on families at home. Yep. No one knows about until the wife or the girlfriend find out and reach out to one another. Yeah. So it's very possible that the guy at the situation lies, the girl at the situation lies, and they lie so good. You're not going to question why they broke up. Never. What happened in the past if you have ever cheated. You're just going to trust them because that's your significant other and you love them. Correct. So when you're in that situation and you're blindsided by this, that is not on you because you didn't go into that relationship thinking or that marriage thinking, oh, I'm just I'm going to be with a cheater. It happened. And you can't blame yourself for that. The person who cheats is the one who's held accountable. But you are responsible for your reaction to that infidelity. What you choose to do with that is now on you. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen, sister. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for the next clip? I'm ready for this next clip. I'm not. <laughs> we're risking two different things. So where we invest and where we have to vet are complete opposites. 
She's got to vet you and make sure that you're a good provider, you're a leader, you're capable, and you're going to stick around. You're going to vet her for not being a hoe, not being sexually uh, uh, discriminant, not being a, a good mo potential future mother for your wife, for your children. So that's yeah. the difference, guys. So if we're talking marriage, that's a whole other thing. But right now we're talking about long-term relationship, serious, where you're, she's getting your, your uh, she's getting the title. What I find really interesting is that he goes into how women are looking for a provider, right? They're looking for the safety net, the one who's going to have their back. Meanwhile, they're just looking for someone who's not a hoe. <laughs> yeah, they don't want no hoe. They well, they don't want someone who is, what did he call it, sexually discrimi discriminatory. discriminatory, but isn't he being discriminatory? See the contradictions going Yikes. left and right. Pot, meat, kettle. <laughs> Uh, so there was the hoe, the sexual discriminatory behavior. Um, and I think he meant sexually deviant. That would make more sense. I think to he me. did too. <laughs> like someone who strays, someone who's deviant in their behavior. That would make more sense in that sentence to me. But I'm not in his brain, thank God. I'm sure he's kind of reading off of bullet point lists and mm -hmm. probably misread the word. Possibly. And I'm assuming the same thing when I'm listening to that. Not being a hoe, not being sexually discriminatory slash deviant. And... What was the third one? Being a good mother. Being a good mother. What kind of guy actually says this stuff to his bros or his homies or whatever you want to call it, whatever the new slang word is this year, who says that to their crowd and then goes and actually acts like that to the woman saying, I need to make sure you're a good mother. I need to make sure <laughs> that you're committed to me and you're not a hoe. But also, how are you going to know that they're a good mother until they're actually a mother? A dog. Okay. That, that still doesn't count. You could be really great with all of those other living things, but when it comes to actually becoming a mom and you give birth to a child, there's there's a lot of women out there who feel ashamed because they have it built up in their head that they should immediately bond with their baby upon giving birth. And a lot of women find that they don't bond with it at all and they feel completely disconnected. They feel like they're a terrible mother because they don't want to spend every waking moment with them. Well, and you also have the media and people like this who mom shame as True. well. Mom shaming is a huge thing. Yeah, it is. So. Yikes. It's tough out there. Okay. Well, the deadbeat dad comment. Let's go on to that one. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, because girls say all the time, oh, here's a deadbeat dad not taking care of the kids. Who chose you? Who chose a dad? It was you. Facts. And vice versa. Guys like, oh, she cheated on me. She was a hoe before you met her. Yep. I have so many opinions on this one mm -hmm. with the deadbeat dad. We don't see who becomes a deadbeat until the responsibility shows up. Yeah. So until that baby is born or maybe during pregnancy because the women need stuff during pregnancy, they don't actually show their true colors of being a deadbeat. You could be a perfect standing guy with a nine to five job, suit and tie, whatever. And then as soon as that belly pops out or... That baby is out of the JJ, then they're they're gone. They have nothing. They're ghosting. They don't want anything to do with you guys. They're not helping out at all. Yeah, yeah. How are we supposed to know that you're going to be a deadbeat until you're placed in that role of hey, you're going to be a father, and then you make that decision to be a deadbeat? Because I guarantee you, you're not going to sit around a little cute table on a date and be like, so are you going to become a deadbeat dad? Tell me honestly. Yeah, I totally ask every single guy I've ever dated that. All of them. All of them. Yep. They've all told me no. So I'm choosing A-list guys. We're solid. Yes. Super solid. 
<laughs> For real, no one's going to sit around and have that discussion. So how the hell are you going to know? Now, there are exceptions to that where a guy could straight up say, I don't want to have a kid. I don't want kids. I don't want to have a baby. Or when the girl does end up getting pregnant, we should have an abortion. I don't think we should have this baby. They will show signs and tell you what they don't want. But they're communicating it to you. Yes. So you need to be listening to those signs. And if you're the person in that situation who wants to have the baby mm-hmm. and the other partner of the situation doesn't, you need to split ties and be friends because you have different goals of the relationship ahead. Oh, yeah, you do. You have totally different paths that you want to go down. So there are times where a guy will straight up tell you exactly what he wants and doesn't want and you should listen to that and not think you can change it. Why are you smiling? Are you going to roast someone? No, I'm not going to roast anybody. It just hits to home with a different subject. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> kind of roasting yourself in a roundabout yeah, way? a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry. Don't be like me and waste your time. <laughs> you know what? I've been there too though. Yeah. I think all of us have. I think we all have that built-in desire to want to save the guy if I show him enough love and affection if I'm always there then he will appreciate me he'll appreciate what he has this relationship he'll reciprocate it more I can just change the dynamic of our connection if I try harder no 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 you learn from those mistakes and or I hope you do please do yeah so there's definitely those signs and you just got to make sure that you're not trying to change their mind you're not putting them in a situation they don't want to be in. Because there are, sorry, I'm roasting some women out there who are married to a guy who straight up said he didn't want to have kids, but then they put them in the position to have kids anyway and then act surprised because he's not overjoyed about this new pregnancy. He already told you he didn't want this. Why are we doing this? You guys have been incompatible. That's a huge thing to not agree on. And you're adults, so you both know what you want. So don't act like the person in the relationship, well, you won't know until we have one. You don't know what you want, so I'm going to show you what you want. That is toxic as fuck, and stop it. Yeah, we're also not going to know how you're going to be as a father until you're a father. So it's unfair to say that, well, if you have a deadbeat dad, you chose him, or you know the deadbeat dad of your kid. You chose him. You chose to be with the deadbeat. People don't show their true colors sometimes until you're wrapped in too late and you're stuck in a situation, you're in a marriage, or whatever the case is, and you realize, holy shit, you're not who I thought you were. I've always kind of made the joke of how girls, we're all crazy in our own shape or form, and so are guys. But I've always said that, like, after three months is when you can show your cra- a little bit of your crazy <laughs> yeah. to the guy that you're dating. Because then he's invested, and, like, he won't break up with you right away. But you have to wait until he's invested. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not like really meaning it when I say it, but yeah, you need to show your true colors at some point. And a lot of these kind of toxic people like the deadbeat baby daddies, they wait until the opportune moment when it's convenient for them, not for you. Yeah, it's true. So we're going to get into the next one right now, guys, uh, transitioning over. This one is probably the most important. I'm just going to say it. She's got to be fucking cooperative. Yep. What else does she have to offer other than good looks? And this includes being cooperative. So let's say, for example, right? You meet a chick. You want to take her out. Cool. You set the date. You set where you're going to go. Multiple locations. You plan a date. You take her out. Some girls would be like, no, I want to go here. Uh, I don't like that spot. Let's go over here. Who's paying for the date? You are. So she has to, she has to cooperate, uh, cooperate. That being said, look, think about this. Is she challenging your um, demands and your setup? Why is, she, why is she doing that? 
guess what? She's not cooperative, and that means by default, maybe further down the line, she's going to headbutt you later, or sooner or later. Bro, first of all, you talk super fast. Listening to him causes me anxiety <laughs> and a headache. I feel like I have to decode him. Like, what are you trying to say here? Um, but ultimately, it comes down to submission. In my opinion, unless you were into the BDSM 24-7 st- lifestyle, you're not going to get a woman who is going to be fully submissive to you to say, yeah, we can go there. Yeah, I can do this for you. Yeah, you want me to clean this? I'll go and clean this for you. No problem, baby, as long as it mm-hmm. makes you happy there's a difference between being an easygoing girl and being someone who is so submissive that you don't have your own voice and opinions on something right i'm a picky eater i'm going to tell you if i can't go to buffalo wild wings because i don't like that and i would appreciate it if you would choose something else for us to go and do i'm not just gonna go with the flow and go there and not eat I'm hungry too. You know, he brought up the point, well, who's paying for the date? Well, you are. So do you want me to get something I'm actually going to eat? Or do you just want to waste your money on something I'm not even going to bother eating? No, he wants you to be a cheap date and not even order anything. (laughs) I'll have water, please. And do you have free bread? (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay, hold on. I have to tell you a story. I was not on a date with this guy, but... I went on a business dinner last year with a pretty well-respected New York Times selling author. And I was sitting at this table with him and my boss because at the time I was an executive assistant and uh, I dealt with a lot of very successful people, which was intimidating for me. And we went to this Italian restaurant. And as we were sitting there, it made it very clear who this type of guy was towards women. Because as I was sitting there looking over the menu of what I wanted to eat, the waitress came around and he ordered for me. No. Yeah, did not even ask me what I wanted myself. He said, and she'll have this because that's the best thing on the menu and she should trust me. And she'll have this and told my boss what she was going to have too. And my boss loved him. So she was like, oh, of course, whatever. And I was sitting there like, what? Did you actually get what he ordered for you? Yeah, because I was at a work thing. I had to make my my boss look good. So I couldn't sit there and be like, actually, no, I don't want that. So I had to sit there and be that submissive person who was like, oh, thank you so much for picking that for me. Was it good? I mean, yeah, but... I wouldn't have ordered it for myself. Right. Yeah. You want like, to try your own I aspect wanted, at that yeah, restaurant. It was a really cool Italian restaurant. I was excited. And he was like, no, she's going to have this. And then every single freaking time he would ask me a question about my life, he would talk over me and talk about himself. And I had to sit there at a dinner like that for three and a half hours. Just me, him and my boss. Like this is the type of man who most likely gets off to these type of podcasts Because one of the things he told me about the girl that he's dating, who's 20 years um, younger than him, Mm. was she's the cream of the crop because she knows foreign languages and she's this and she's that, but she'll go wherever I want to go. Because she's the trophy girlfriend. Right. She's hot. She takes care of herself in this way, but she goes wherever the hell I want to go. Wait, so you just complimented her intelligence and her degrees and everything she had going for her, but you don't support her in actually pursuing that because it doesn't align with your business and what you're doing. So you want her to throw away that education to please you? Oh, yeah, of course. Gross. Gross. Yeah, that was the first time I've ever been placed in a situation where I came face to face with someone 
who was like this, who said, no, I'm going to pick where we're going to go out to eat and I'm going to pick what you're going to eat while we're there because I want you to be cooperative. Gag the shit out of me. Just, I, I could not. Like, <laughs> that was, yeah, it was shocking. It was really shocking. Yeah, I'm frustrated for you with that story because, ugh, I would, I probably would have spoken up, but I'm a very picky eater, so. yeah. I would be pissed if someone ruined that experience for me and ordered me meat when I don't eat a lot of meat and probably like a chicken where I would gag if I ate it in my mouth. It's funny because these guys go on to how the girl needs to be cooperative, but then they bring up how relationships literally won't work if the female's in the leadership position. You ready for this clip? Yes, I am. There's a reason why every single religious text uh, demonizes women that aren't cooperative and aren't women that aren't submissive and why it's it's, it's looked at as such a coveted thing in almost every religious t- uh, scripture since the beginning of time and the reason why is because relationships simply do not work if a man is not in the leadership position and the woman is following because if you put a woman in a leadership position within the confinements of a relationship it never works i've been saying this shit for over the better part of almost two years now at this point Women are incapable of leading men within the confinements of a relationship. But real talk, women are incapable of leading you as a man within the confinements of a relationship. So a woman should not be dictating the terms of a relationship. She should not be making the personal, the, the important decisions in the relationship. She should not be leading the relationship. They just can't do it. Inner peace. <laughs> Inner peace. Do we need to light the sage and smudge the room of that toxicity? We because might. right now, I just can't. This I just, is why I waited. <laughs> I just cannot. It it is so frustrating. Go, girl. I know you got words. Okay. So, first of all, <laughs> we bring out the fingers. First of all, first of all, mm-hmm. let's talk about the religious text and how outdated it actually is. You can go back to episode one of our podcast, Twisted Sisters, yes. and we talk about how the Bible, yes, does say that women should be submissive. However, in a relationship, It is supposed to be 50-50, or if you were this kind of couple, which I thrive to be, 100-100, meaning both of you are equal in making decisions. There's no head, there's no neck, you are both the head. You Mm -hmm. are left, she is right, whatever. With the part of saying that we cannot be leaders because we can't make decisions for you, I have planned out dates for my dating life experiences that I wanted to do that I knew they wanted to do yeah I planned out birthday parties you know event planning is something that I actually like to do Mm -hmm. I enjoy it so the fact that you're trying to say we're incapable of doing that no we're not and excuse you you were just talking about marriage and shit Who plans the fucking weddings? Always the bride. Yeah. Always. But we're incapable of planning big things. Oh, of course. No, we can't handle that. Okay, bro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is kind of triggering from a religious point of view because we were always taught wives be submissive to your husbands. Yes, that is an actual scripture. (laughs) Scripture in the Bible. But it comes down to respecting not necessarily being so submissive that you don't have a voice. Like I said, there's a difference. And when you are respecting your husband, you're respecting their opinions on things, you're respecting their emotions, you're respecting, you know, 
everything across the board pretty much uh, when it comes to decisions being made in the relationship. But respecting something does not mean that you have to lay down and accept it if you vehemently disagree with something. You can say, I really appreciate where you're coming from on this, but I have a different view. There's a reason why when two people come together, they're more powerful as a team because you're melting together different perspectives, different mindsets, and you could honestly have someone who's more emotional and one who is more logical, and you're able to balance out those elements together to create something powerful. But if you're in the mindset that these guys are in, how the hell are you going to take advantage of that? You're not because I can guarantee you these guys either have very toxic relationships or are single. I'd be surprised if they're in a relationship the way they're yeah. talking. But it's all about respect. Like you're saying, you have to compromise when you have these differences of opinions or on things of what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You need to compromise. You do. Relationships are all about compromise. It's not just this easy flow and go type of thing where one person says something and the other one just does it. It's not a vacation. It's work. You have to work a full-time job when you're in a relationship because that relationship is another full-time job. It is. You have to take the considerations of the other person to heart. Like whatever it is that you're doing, you have to consider, is this going to hurt the other person's feelings? How would I feel if roles were reversed? That's where you have to look at it from an equal perspective. But if only one person is making all of the decisions, that's exhausting. Yeah. Super exhausting. Mm -hmm. You know, you brought up planning dates and one of the favorite, my favorite dates that I've ever planned for a guy. He didn't deserve it, <laughs> but, but I planned it. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Was uh, he came from San Jose, California, and he moved to Denver and he was really missing home. He was homesick. So what I did is I went to a pizza place and I got a pizza and then I downloaded a sticker that was Pizza My Heart, which is a place that he used to go to in San Jose. So I made it pretend like I got it from San Jose. I went, I flew there, I got you your favorite pizza and I put an oceanic background on the TV in the living room. I dressed in a bikini and I had a beach towel set up in the living room. I bought a blow up palm tree. I love that. (laughs) Like I literally went to the nines to be like welcome to San Jose right and make it super cute and so I planned that date and he loved it I mean it was something that was off the cuff thoughtful just you know wasn't expected and if you're saying that girls can't do stuff like that in relationships because that is a big decision that you're making. You're you're deciding what to do for the night. You're deciding what to eat for dinner. You're deciding X, Y, and Z on yep. this date. If you don't let the girl do stuff like that for you, you don't even know what you're missing. Girls are so good at this kind of stuff. Yeah. I planned an archery date with my ex because he loved archery. And so I had said, well, I'd be interested in trying it. So why don't we go to the archery range tomorrow and let's shoot? You know, let's try it out. I'll just rent the equipment. You bring yours. He dug his out of his closet and we went and then we just went and I think we had Subway after that or something, but we went and grabbed a bite to eat and then went back home. But it was the perfect little day date. Yeah. And it was great. It wasn't a lot of planning going into it. Let's be real. A lot of dates on like the whim 
don't take a lot of effort. So, well, maybe that's why they don't <laughs> want us to plan it because they already have so little effort to kill. Yeah, you know, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're mu- you must be fun and bread. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm missing out on much. No. <laughs> it's unbelievable to me that they're saying that the relationship can't work unless the men is the leader. It's that, a very old school, 1950s. Extremely old school. That's not how the world operates anymore. And honestly, there shouldn't be a leader in the relationship. You should lead each other equally. And you're supposed to complement where one person has a weakness. You can develop that strength so that you balance each other out and vice versa, right? Like it should not be all on one person, one leader, one decision maker, It really does come down to creating a perfect little harmony between the two of you. So this was just one example of a podcast. Let's move on to our next example, which seems to be a crowd favorite on TikTok right now. (laughs) Brace yourself, honeybees. Listening to them talk, I felt myself getting more and more stupid. I just really want you to edit their their stuff because it was so bad. (laughs) They need an editor. And they definitely do. I would say hire me, but I don't even want to be cursed with such a task. I can't fix stupid. I really can't. I wish I could. I mean, just make it a pretty penny and then you can make <laughs> magic happen. I don't think magic, any magic in the world could really fix it. It would be a really quick podcast. It would be like two seconds. <laughs> Hello, guys. End scene. <laughs> and scene. What done. a great podcast. $2,000, please. Thank you. <laughs> 1000 per word said. Uh, hilarious. 99%, 99% of the time, the girl's going to do what the fuck she wants. Yeah. And she don't give a fuck how bad your pockets hurt after. Right. Yeah, she don't. Right. Especially when they're in that, like, that, that I'm that bitch mode. We talked about finances in the beginning of our episode. Yes. And these guys seem to believe that women are just going to do whatever they want to do and they don't care how bad your pockets hurt. If a girl is like that, then that is a problem she should definitely fix because there are certainly women out there who may have that mentality. They are spoiled, they're privileged, and they're gold diggers. Let's call it how it is. There are definitely women out there who exist like that. But saying 99% of women are like this is what gets me tilted because in no way, shape, or form are the women that I know I don't know a single girl who's like this or acts this way. And I know you would agree this way, agree with me on this. Whenever I'm on a date with a guy, I go, no, 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 I got it. I'll, I'll it's pay the for wallet it. dance. Yes. Yeah. And I do this every time because I don't want you, A, to feel like you have to do this. You're obligated to do this. But B, I want you to know that I'll be an equal partner if we choose to take this further. Yep. I got you. You know, and I feel like these guys, if they have truly had these experiences, they've just had a rough time picking the right women, but you kind of attract what you are. So let's be honest here and just say that if you're attracting women who suck, it's probably because you freaking suck. And these guys damn well are terrible. And you'll see why I'm saying that. It gets worse as we get along. And it, you, it really does. It really, it, it goes south quick. Like I always tell, I say this to people and they get mad. I say, if my wife lets herself go after I have kids with her, if I'm going to tell her once, if you don't get your shit together, I still want to be sexually attracted Agreed. to my wife, yeah. my spouse. But if you Even can't girlfriends. do that, girlfriend too, if you can't do that, I'm out. I don't give a fuck how many years of love or whatever you want to call it invested into the thing. I'm out. 
Bye, Lance. Later. Thank you for taking the trash out. Especially if someone just pushed a watermelon out (laughs) of their vagina. They're not going to want to go and work out immediately after that because the vag takes time to to fucking heal. Yes. And we already feel bad about our bodies after the baby is out of our stomach. Yeah. You don't actually need to remind us that we're off the wagon or we don't look good. We already feel it. And you know what? I guarantee you. That if the woman said that to the man in this situation with the dad bod that I'm sure he'll allow himself to have, it would be that bitch, how dare you, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it's okay for him to say it. Oh, absolutely. Don't you know that this is just the way the world works, Amanda? Mm. I just sacrificed my fucking body for almost a year. I literally... No longer stood by being one person, but I became two people. I was eating for two people, sleeping for two people, thinking for two people. I had to adjust my entire life around the baby that you helped me to create. And during that time, I gained a shit ton of of weight. My body image and how I feel about myself has changed. My hormones have fucked with me. I may even go through severe depression while I'm de- while I'm pregnant. Yep. Or after. You know, postpartum depression is a real thing. And it's scary. Women commit suicide all the time because of postpartum de- depression. I just went through all of this for something that you apparently want, right? Because he's acting like, no, I, I have a wife. But remember. Yeah, we, I want the kids. We want the kids. Mm-hmm. So he wants this. But doesn't want the aftermath of it, of a woman who needs to heal from that sacrifice, of a woman whose hormones have to rebalance, the mental health has to rebalance. She has to accept this new role that now she's in because it's one thing to be carrying a baby, but another when the baby's physically in your arms, crying, pooping, screaming all hours of the night, like you have to give every single moment of your attention to that kid. And my sister is a mom of two. And she just had her second baby a few months ago, and she had the two a year apart. And just having the time to go take a bath to herself is incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. So if you think that your wife is just going to be like, yes, I'm going to go to the gym now. I have so much free time. I'm going to go on my juice cleanse and I'm going to go do. If you really think that she's going to have the time to do that while she's also making sure the house looks nice for you, because I bet that's what you want, making sure the house looks nice. There's, you know, a dinner ready made and the baby's all taken care of while you're off working because this sounds like you like those traditional roles. If you honestly think she's going to be like that, you're going to have a huge wake up call when she very clearly is in distress because she can't meet these demands. That and where are you throughout this entire thing, even when you're not at work? You're at work, what, nine to five, seven to five, whatever. Eight hours a day, typically. Eight hours a day. Shit, we'll even do nine getting to work, coming back from work rush hour. The rest of the night, are you just sitting on your ass watching TV, playing Xbox the entire time? Or are you actually helping her out? I guarantee you, you're with your standpoint, you want to sit down on your butt because you had a hard day at work and she <laughs> just stayed home with the kids. So she shouldn't be that tired. Mm, no, I'd be tired because I'm taking care of two big babies at that point. <laughs> and also, I'm not your fucking sex object. No. So I don't care if you want to be sexually attracted to me. When I have time to work on me, I will. 
mom comes first over you. Right. And any woman in their right mind will choose the baby over what your desires and needs are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and you know, I, I've never given birth, but I, from my understanding, sometimes women never get their original bodies back. Yeah, I haven't given birth either, but I have known a couple of women who have, and I knew them before and after, some who have lost the baby weight, but their body still looks a little different. You have stretch marks. Yeah, and I have yeah. friends, family who never got that tiny little waist back again because mm-hmm. other issues from the pregnancy came about after the baby was born. A lot of women develop Hashimoto's disease when yep. they're pregnant. I have Hashimoto's disease myself and I can speak on the fact that it's incredibly hard to lose the weight. Yep. So you have to be mindful of that, sir. I don't appreciate this one at all. This one really gets on my nerves because even though I don't have kids and at this point in my life, I do not plan on having kids, I can tell you for a damn fact that it would be incredibly hard to just bounce back from that experience. Well, also, if you really love this woman enough to make her your baby mama, Mm -hmm. you should love her enough to stay with her even when she looks not tip-top shape. Yeah. And if you don't, you didn't really love her. You just wanted to control her. Yep. You just wanted arm candy. You didn't want everything that came with that, which includes waking up next to her when she's not wearing makeup and isn't all done up. It's like that Grey's Anatomy quote that Callie Torres gives to the guy who pressured his girlfriend to work out four hours a day and she ended up dying. Mm -hmm. But um, in the episode, he was like, I loved her. You don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, you didn't love her. You just wanted to control her. You just wanted to change her to make her your trophy wife. You didn't actually love her. You didn't like the idea of her looking how she does now. You wanted her to be the fitness model that you could brag about your friends to. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, Every girl's got a little bit of gold digger on. There's a very, 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 very small percentage of a bitch that will go through the mud with you. Right. And if you do find that hoe. She's a keeper. keeper. Why are we a hoe if we stick by them? And a bitch. We're a bitch and a hoe. (laughs) So there's no pleasing these men regardless. (laughs) Can we not find better descriptive words? (laughs) No. No. The vocabulary is extremely limited. Well, their IQ is only so high. I think it's important that a guy has their finances in order before we get married. Oh, for sure. You know, I think that, but that applies to the female as well. Yes. I am currently not financially stable enough to say that I would be ready for marriage. And therefore, I hope that the man that I'm with would be honest enough to say the same about himself. And that's something we can work on together while we're dating, supporting each other's goals, getting each other hyped and ready to go to the next level of whatever accomplishments we're trying to meet. Just because you should be financially stable when you want to have that level of commitment to someone because keep in mind whatever your marital partner's debt is then becomes yours when you get married you have a vested interest in the debt that they have yes so if they buy any property before or after marriage unless there is a prenup involved Mm -hmm. for the before part anything after marriage you are responsible for that as well yes so If they have a shitty credit score, yours is going to be lowered because now two becomes one. Yep. So that is important. And that's something that I'm personally working on. I have a lot of debt in my name because of medical debt, which has severely screwed my credit score. So before I get married to anyone, I'm going to get that right. 
because I want to make sure I don't impact their credit score and how hard they've worked to get to that point because of something that I dealt with. Yep. So your baggage does become the other person's baggage. Just because that is the case does not mean that I'm actively looking for a sugar daddy because that's kind of what it's insinuating. Being a gold digger, same thing as having a sugar daddy. I want someone who's going to take care of me hand and foot. I want someone who's going to provide for every little detail of my life. I don't want to have to work a day in my life. I want to be an NFL wife. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. I want to be the athlete, the pro athlete wife yes. and not have to lift a finger because we have the, you know, the help for that. And whatever. a lot of these wives get brand deals just because of who they're married to. Yeah. So they get these weird side businesses based off of their husband's name. Oh, yeah. Like the FabFitFun box. There's so many quote unquote influencers who are just married to these pro athletes to sponsor mm -hmm. the wives or the women in the world that yeah. they can look up to. You essentially become an influencer. Yeah. Just because of the title of your man's, you know, accomplishments, whatever he is. Yep. So there is that. I don't actively go looking for that. No, I went and refinanced my condo mm -hmm. so I could get financially stable because 20-year-old Amanda, for some reason, was able to get a $20,000 credit limit. And guess who maxed that shit out? So it bites <laughs> you in the butt when you're 30 because then you realize I'm in this hole and I've only paid like five grand off. You make dumb decisions when you're young and oh, then yeah. you pay for them when you're older. But not once did I ever ask any of my boyfriends, can you help me with my bills, sweetie? Yeah. I really need you to be my sugar daddy and give me half of your salary. <laughs> no. I have turned to you know, my relationships that I've been in, if I'm in a dire situation, like let's say I'm getting paid a little later than expected from my job and I have my car payment due and it's going to be late, I'll ask for a loan so I can just pay them back right after. That's the key word though. You pay it, them back. Right. I'm. It's a loan. It's not a, it's not a gift to me. Right. So I will give back. But this whole notion that there's a little bit of gold digger in every female to me, it's the it, the way they word it is awful. Yeah. You want financial stability on both sides, but you don't, you're not necessarily looking for that like million billionaire boo. Yeah, I'm definitely not looking for a billionaire boo. If one wants to come my way, have at it, honey. But I'm looking for love. And someone who has their shit together. And someone who has their shit together. So if you are financially stable-esque, you know, like you have maybe less than 10 grand, not including like a car or a house, Mm -hmm. for debt. I'll even excuse medical debt because we cannot control what happens to our bodies unexpectedly. Yes. I understand that. There are exceptions to that rule, but I want you to have your shit together. These men seem like they don't have their shit together, so they need the woman to have their shit together. You know, they're saying, we don't want the pro athlete wife. We want someone who will work hard for their money, won't ask us for money. But yet I have a feeling they don't work hard for their money. They don't have money. That's why they can't provide money. And they want to dip into the women's pockets. It makes you wonder if they had the means where money wasn't really an object, would they really care that much what their wife does for work? Probably not. Because like I was telling you earlier, I, you know, I worked with multimillionaires. That was part of my job. And all of them were, were joined at the hip with trophy wives. Mm-hmm. Because it looked good and they didn't give a fuck what they were doing. Right. 
just as long as they look good. Yeah. That was it. And I have a feeling that if these guys were millionaires, which it didn't look like they were because they were, they looked like they were sitting in their mom's kitchen recording this freaking well, podcast. they're frat boys. I'm not surprised. <laughs> if, if they had the money, I don't think that they would care. But it's because they don't have that money that they care. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm totally wrong in that statement, but that is just a judgment that I have coming at it from this perspective. So we only have two more clips, it looks like, from this episode, and then we'll wrap up this podcast. Let's just, fuck it. Let's just get right into it. For instance, like, if I want to go to the bar with you guys, and she said, no, you can't go. You're going anyway. Going that'll, anyway. Give, that'll give me more of a reason to go. Exactly. Why are you going to hold me back from my friends? Because the only thing I can think of is you don't trust me. What makes you jump to the conclusion of, if I'm asking you not to go to the bar tonight, that I don't trust you? How many bar hopping days did you have before the one night I ask you not to go to the bar? If she doesn't trust you, you've probably given her a reason not to trust That's you. That's my point. Or if you think <laughs> she has a reason not to, you probably have done something and you have a guilty constant. Yeah. What, you don't trust me? Like the defensiveness. Yeah. Well, is there a reason I shouldn't trust you? I was fine before, but now do I have a reason? Sometimes I don't want you to go to the bar because I want to spend time with you. Yeah. Maybe I'm having a down day and I just want to have a chill night with you on the couch. We can binge a movie or a show, eat some comfort food, and I just want to snuggle. Or maybe I don't want you to go to the bar because I want to have hot sex with you that night. It might not have anything to do with you and not trusting you, but more or less just because I want to have some sort of connection with you that night. Yep. That is most of the time my my reasoning i'm not the kind of girlfriend who's gonna say you can't go here you can't hang out with that friend you can't do this the reality is do whatever the fuck you want because how you act in that is how much you respect the relationship and that is a good way to know how much they respect the relationship yeah i'm also going to have nights where i just want to spend time with you and i'm going to vocalize that and that's not me being controlling it's me missing you because i love you so much and we work full-time jobs so we barely see each other exactly I just want quality time. Quality time is one of my love languages. So sue me. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what these guys' love languages are. Do Should they we even write have in? Love languages? Probably physical touch. I would yeah, that would definitely be one. Yeah. I would say And words of affirmation, I think too. Possibly, yeah. I think that would be a big one for them. They those need to guys. have the ego stroke and mm -hmm. yeah. And they need to have the sexual connection twenty four seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it, if you just go behind my back and you go anyway. We're going to be fighting and I'm a locksmith's daughter. The locks are going to be changed because you didn't respect me enough to actually just like even tell me. Even if you just storm out in a fight and think that you're being cute and you're going to go and hang out with your friends anyways mm -hmm. and I'm just going to deal with it. No, I'm not. Because you're not being respectful to me. No. If you have a good reason. If, if I say, babe, I really don't want you to go tonight. And you come to me and you say, baby, you know what? Can I please just go tonight? I've been having a rough week. I would really like to go blow off some steam with the guys, go shoot some pool, have a couple of beers. Can we do something tomorrow instead? Compromise with me. Holy hell. Is it that hard? For these guys? Yes. That was the easiest thing in the world for me to just do. I just compromise with my damn self and I feel great. Like, why can't you? <laughs> I'm always that person in the relationship too. You don't have to be like this, but... Anytime I want to go out solo, mm -hmm. I just ask, like, yeah. are you okay if I go out with 
these girls, these people. There's an event after work. Are you okay if I stay late and go and you just do your own dinner? Yes. I just ask out of the respect. I know I don't need his permission, but I do it because I respect him. And if he tells me no, we're going to have to have a discussion about it. It doesn't have to be a fight. It's a compromise. It's really imperative for the health of you as individuals and as a couple to have a life outside of each other. You should have your own friends. You should have your own hobbies. I have a million hobbies. I like to chill in my own world. I go storm chasing with my friends. And yes, they're guys because it's a male dominant hobby that I'm in. Not a lot of girls storm chase. So I'm out there with the boys. You know, if you don't have hobbies of your own and your whole life revolves around the other person filling that hole for you, you're going to have issues. Yeah. And you may feel insecure with them going out and having a life outside of you because you're missing that life for yourself outside of them. Yep. So you could project onto your partner. Yep. (laughs) Which then brings me to my next point, which is, do you know why couples fight? There's two reasons. Only two reasons why couples fight in the whole world. Because he's being a dick? Three reasons. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um... Probably because they're either spending not enough time together or they're spending too much time together. Close. Is what I would think. Close. The reason why couples fight comes down to two things. Perceived neglect and a perceived threat. So if you are in a relationship, and this goes for platonic friendships too. You fight with your friends, there's reasons. People very rarely fight about things that they think that they're fighting about. For example... Let's say that I'm in a relationship with someone and they were liking girls' photos on Instagram. Mm. Let's say they were doing that. Okay. Okay. And now I'm bitter because these women look nothing like me. They have better bodies, better boobs, clearer skin, list all of of the reasons. Okay. They look nothing like me and my man is out here liking their photos. I feel threatened by that. I have a perceived threat that I'm not my partner's type, that he'd rather be with that person or someone like that, and it's triggering my insecurities. So now I'm fighting because I feel threatened by this, not the action of liking a photo. Liking a photo is stupid. Anyone can do that even by accident. You're scrolling and you accidentally like hit that little heart on Instagram. Oh, I've done that so many times. I've done it too. It's not the action of that. It's the feeling that it evokes in me of not being enough and being threatened that you will eventually leave me for someone like that. Or when it comes to the perceived neglect, it could be quality time. I haven't seen you in a while. And now I'm nitpicky about everything that you're doing or not doing because I feel like you're not invested in this relationship because I haven't spent hardly any time with you. It could be the actual lack of physical presence between the two of you, or it could even be something as stupid as, I asked you to please wash the dishes. It's been sitting there for two days and you haven't done it. And now I'm freaking annoyed by it because you have neglected part of your responsibility in this relationship. So now there's a perceived neglect in that area. That is why people fight. Those two things. If you can identify which side that you're on, then you can get to the heart of the issue and fix it. But with this bar situation, if you're in a fight, Because your girl doesn't want you to go and you go, fuck you, I'm going to go anyway. Well, now that feels like a threat and neglect. Sometimes they can totally intermingle. Yeah, so you're making two fights out of one fight that you could have had. When you didn't need to do that. Yeah. And this guy feels threatened, which is why he is feeling like he needs to step forward and do whatever the hell he wants. Because he thinks 
she doesn't trust me. It's that defense mechanism, right? So that's a threat to him. You're so defensive. Now I feel threatened and you're combative. Well, I'm not really. I just, that's not it at all. But that's how he feels. If he would just have the emotional intelligence to recognize those things, it would save himself a lot of heartache. You're asking for a lot out of these guys. Though. I know. I know. That would. And I love that though. I love <laughs> My... that little history or just like relationship lesson that you're giving us because I had no idea. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. Yes. <laughs> I just, I had I'm to go tell my there. therapist about that. So well, I had to, it's like, because I'm sitting here dissecting him <laughs> psychologically yeah. as I'm listening to this going, bro, it's because you're feeling a perceived threat. That's why you're mad about it. Yeah. And she's feeling a perceived neglect because you're leaving because you're going to the bar without her and she doesn't want you to go. Now she feels neglected. And now you guys are fighting for two different reasons that all come down to like a similar problem. Right. So a little lesson there. A little lesson. Our final clip is this one right here. A girl fucks up in a relationship or a guy. Right. And you take that person back. You have no fucking rhyme or reason to hold that over somebody's head. A different I, person. Uh, no, no, no. no the same person. The same. Because let's say, let's say I cheat on my girl. Let's say I cheat on my girl. She takes me back. Right? She takes me back and she gives me an issue. Oh, I don't trust you. Because you did, you cheated on me. You signed the but contract, But you still baby. came back. Yeah. Do you agree that if you take someone back, you really can't hold their past decisions against them? To an extent. Mm -hmm. If it's something like cheating on you, trust has been broken. So it's going to be hard to build that trust up. Yeah. Once trust is broken with me, you don't Good get luck. it back. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I try to say, I trust you again. I'm listening to you. But there's always that faint little anxiety voice saying, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. No, he isn't. You know. What is that saying? What it's a, It takes years to build trust, but a split second to break it. Yes. Yeah. So if it's something like cheating on, yeah, you can hold it against them because they broke the trust. Mm -hmm. Against every single fight? No. But when it comes to something like them doing shady shit again, yeah, maybe they're starting to take like random selfies where it's like you're trying to impress another girl. Why are you taking a shirtless mirror selfie all of a sudden? What exactly is that for? Unless Why? you're not like unless you're trying to lose weight and you're holding yourself accountable. If I know that, yeah. I'm not even going to judge it because same. Right. But if it's the posy F boy vibe type picture, I am going to question it. Yeah, who's it for? You didn't send it to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> but if it's just like effing up because you didn't show up on time to our date and you're always running late, it's just probably who you are as a person. So it's not that big of a deal. I'm just going to tell you 30 minutes ahead of time to be somewhere. Yeah. Before it actually starts. Sure. Yeah. But the cheating, the trust aspect, and since he had said cheating, I'm going to say no, he's wrong because there is always going to be doubt within that unless you guys go and work out your issues through counseling and that's going to take years i do agree with that if it comes to cheating that's going to be really really hard to turn around and fix on the trust front because you have already broken that vow to that person the single most basic promise you've made to your partner is to be loyal to them and if you have broken that one thing how many other things are you going to break 
This, this is the first rule. When you go into a relationship with someone, you're saying we're exclusive. It's just me and you, not me and you and that person I think is cute over there that I might bang later. I mean, unless you agree to that. An but open relationship. Yeah. But speaking on a monogamous one-on-one, there, it's not polygam- polygamist. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that not polygamy that's when you have monogamy wives. No. <laughs> the open relationships what are they called polyamory polyamorous not polygamy <laughs> polyamory yes when you decide to be when you have chosen to be polyamorous with your partner that is one thing but even then there's like rules and there's boundaries within that agreement that you don't break but in a traditional one-on-one monogamous relationship you are saying it's just me and you and no one else that is what you're agreeing to the moment that you ask someone to be your boyfriend your girlfriend significant other that's it if you break that vow i don't trust you we're shit on anything else no that's like the one thing that's the string that starts the relationship exactly so as soon as you cut that string the beads to everything else will inevitably fall off true Yes. Now, if your partner does cheat and you agree to take them back and you agree to focus on building your future together, Mm -hmm. you really cannot hold someone's past over their head every single day of their lives because you will not be able to reach that future together that you have. If you are bringing the past into the present, how the hell are you going to build a future? Exactly. It's it's not going to happen. So you are making that agreement the moment you say, yeah, we can continue to try this again. You are holding that agreement that I have forgiven you and I will let that go so we can build together. But forgiveness does not mean that you forget. I think that it's important that when you choose to have someone back into your life after they have broken trust, that you do your best not to project your hurt and your frustration onto them with every little chance that you get because yes. that's not going to help. That's again going back to the perceived threat. Yeah. It's you're going to keep con- continuing these cycles, right? Right. However, you also need to hold them accountable and they need to show that they're willing to change. If someone agrees that they will change their behavior and they're really going to work on it and they prove that to you, then you have no reason to start trickling in the past in the present moment because they're trying. But if you see repeated patterns take place, then okay, talk about it at least. Say, you know what, I'm sorry, this is a little triggering for me given our past. Do you mind if we just talk about this for a second? I'm not trying to throw it in your face. Right. But can we address it? It's the discussion rather than the implosion of exactly a bomb being like thrown into the territory so the threats are there. Yes. But with these guys, it wouldn't be a conversation. No, it's just like, why are you on my ass about it? Yeah, it happened. Deal with it. Yeah. You took me back, so you have to deal with it now. Yeah, you and know, that's so unhealthy. I think... The common conclusion that we can kind of come to on both of these podcasts is that it's stubborn people not wanting to change their ways and they want what they want when they want it and how they want it. And it's the double standards. It's the double standards. You know, they want the submissive, but they also want to be able to go and have fun whenever they want. They want the submissive who stays like a 1950s housewife but who also has their own bank account and has their own wallet (laughs) which is really impossible because those (laughs) ladies were at home doing everything from head to toe with that house they were doing a lot of men's work on the maintenance upkeep of the house because the men were working office jobs which props to those women but nowadays it's 50 50 100 100 you know it's all about compromise we all have to compromise what we Mm -hmm. want you're going to have to give up things that you love 
in order to be happy in the relationship. Maybe not fully give them up, but some of the time. And I'm just going to say it. If you are someone who gets your rocks off to these types of podcasts, you're not going to have a successful relationship. Never. I bid you adieu. You've been listening to Hustle, Hustle Honey. Honey. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you love what you've heard so far, let us know by following our podcast and giving us a cute little review. Become a part of our Hustle Honey High family on Instagram at Hustle Honey Pod. And if you have any questions or need advice, we've got an answer. Shoot us a message at askhustlehoney at gmail.com for a chance for you to be answered on the next episode. Until next time, keep, keep hustling. hustling.